Amen. You know, uh, we've been in this series about building the altar, becoming people of prayer, which, as I've said for now the third or fourth week, which just means becoming people who get better at relationship with God. Turn to your neighbor and say, prayer equals relationship. And partnership with God. So it's to relate to him, to partner with him in the place of prayer, and then love-filled, faith-filled obedience. So prayer, it's sort of significant. It's sort of important. The Lord has been speaking so much about prayer and the altar. I was telling Pastor Andrew, I feel like I've got seven sermons. Not today. Don't worry. I got something to do later. Okay. But so I'm kind of like, God, which one for this Sunday? I'm so, I'm like, the Lord is speaking. It's what he's doing. He's building a people of prayer right here in Santa Maria for the sake of his glory. It's awesome. I'm so excited. And I'm praying, and, and the Lord, you know, I've got all these words and devote, like, preachings, and I'm like, Ugh! you know, do I close my eyes and just pick one? And then the Lord said this, Chad, the Chiefs will win. I'm kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to claim that. I, he did not tell me that directly. Some others may have heard from the Lord. but He said, Chad, it's Super Bowl Sunday. I thought, where in the Bible is there a correlation between bowls and, since we're in a series on prayer and building the altar, where do we find a bowl that's full of prayer? If you don't know your Bible, it's okay. Don't feel ashamed. It's right in Revelation 5 where the bowls in the heavenly places are filled with the prayers of God's people. So I'm all like, we're going to preach about the ultimate super bowls. The ultimate. Come on, Aaron. You know that's good right there. Let's go. It's Super Bowl Sunday, so as we're talking about prayer and building the altar, becoming good at pursuing his presence and formed and filled and to partner with his heart for the sake of the world, I thought, I thought man, Lord, on Super Bowl Sunday, I want to talk about the ultimate bowl. That's super. It says this in Revelation 5, then I saw the lamb, Jesus. Look, it looked like he'd been slain. He was standing at the center of the throne, and he was encircled by four living creatures and elders. The lamb had seven horns, which represents perfect strength, power, and seven eyes, which represents perfect wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and insight, which are the sevenfold spirit of God that's sent out of the earth. This lamb went and took the scroll that no one else could take or open in all of heaven or on the earth. He's the only one. He grabbed the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne, his dad, his father. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders hit the deck. They fell before the lamb. Check out this Super Bowl right here. Each one of these living creatures and 24 elders had a harp for worship, praise, and they were holding golden bowls full. Everyone say full. One more time, full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And then I started thinking, have you ever thought, where do your prayers go? Where'd it go? 
Come on, raise your hand if you ever thought, where do my prayers go? Does it, I hit, like, does it go through the studs and the two-by-fours? I mean, and then another question as I was thinking about this Super Bowl Sunday and this golden bowl full of the prayers of God's people, what does God do with our prayers? So where do they go and what does he do with them? Today's talk, in the simplest terms, I hope gives you a framework. Again, my hope for the next three or four months is to so provoke you that the invitation to become a person who builds an altar personally, contributes to an altar corporately, who lives a lifestyle of relating to God and relational love, faith-filled obedience, that that's the greatest invitation that you've ever been given in your life. It's my whole heart. So where do they go and what does he do with them? We're gonna find out today in just a few moments. The psalmist says this regarding incense. I call to you, Lord, Psalm 141. Come quickly to me. Hear me when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. So then it got me thinking. My prayers have a place in heaven right before the throne of God. I don't know about you, I'm not all that great at praying. Am I the only one? My weak little prayers, it's never about the strength of my prayer. Come on. Come on, someone needs to hear that. Well, God wouldn't hear me. I, I, don't, I don't know the right amount of words. I don't know the secret recipe or formula. It's about who they're aimed at. And secondly, the condition of the one who's praying. This is why I would argue one of the greatest passages in all the Bible is when Jesus says, I, I call you friends. How many listen to their friends? They hear their voice. Friends have access to places in your heart and in your emotions and in your life like no other do. How can our little prayers become fit or worthy to have such an awesome destination and an audience? Come on. How can our little prayers have such an awesome destination, a super golden bowl? I added super, it's not in the Bible, but help me. You know, it's Super Bowl. Our little prayers have a destination and then therefore an audience with the God of all creation. Our little, and I don't know about you, I'm not that great or consistent, I'm not amazing, I don't. So what is it that makes my prayers fit or worthy to have such an epic destination and unbelievable purpose? Glad you asked. First Peter chapter two, it says this, as you come to him, Jesus, the living stone, he was rejected by humans, but he was chosen by God, his father, and he's precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Say that with me, spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices, here it is, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Why are my little prayers, why is it so epic that 
the ultimate Super Bowl that I want to win and to fill is that bowl before the throne. What is it that makes my prayers fit to be in that place and with that audience and to have the ear of God? The only reason it's acceptable is because of Jesus Christ. Period. The only one who makes our sacrifices, our prayers, our acts of obedience, our faith, the only one who takes our little offering and weak and we feel like, oh, I'm not all that great, but the one who takes it and makes it fit for God is Jesus Christ. This is why over and over and over and over and over again you see this little phrase all throughout the New Testament, in the name of Jesus. Say that with me, in the name of Jesus. This is not some magic formula, no, it's the coverall, and I hope it, no, in the name means, I, as he's revealed his nature, his character, his conduct, who he is, what he's done, what he's promised yet to do, it's in his name that I'm lifting my prayer. It's his name. So that bowl, that Super Bowl, that destination and that audience with God himself, I'm here to tell you, every battle you will face, and either it's victory or it's loss, is directly correlated to filling up that bowl. It's the epic, most ultimate Super Bowl. The battle is won or it is lost in the place of prayer, in the place of relationship, in the place of not self-reliance, but God-reliance. This is the place. Jesus makes it acceptable to God. Jesus wants you and I to have the same kind of confidence that he had when he spoke to the Father when he was on earth. How many believe that? Raise your hand. Jesus wants you to have the same confidence that he had when he talked to his Father as a man on the earth. Do you believe it? If you don't believe it, we have to talk some more, but... See, it's all about your theology. Did Jesus do all that he did so that he'd be the exception to the rule, or did he do all that he did, relying on the power of the Spirit, looking to his Father in all things so that he became the rule itself? Come on. Not the exception. Yes, the exception in his re the reality of sinlessness. Amen. The only fit, worthy one who never sinned. Amen. But all that he did, including to how he related to his Father, he did as the rule itself. He cemented the way you and I were meant to operate in relationship with God. He cemented it. So the confidence that Jesus has, this, this is my, I just can't get past this verse in John 11. Father, I thank you, verse 41, having heard me, past tense, I knew that you always hear me. But I've said this out loud for the sake of those standing here, so that they too may believe that God, you sent me. Look at the confidence in Jesus' prayer life. Here's the rotting carcass Lazarus, been dead for four years. He's surrounded by friends, Bethany, four days, thank you. <laughs> I was just checking if anyone reads their Bible. Four years, four days, that may have been prophetic, hallelujah. Four days, four years, what's the difference? Okay, a lot, a lot the difference, a lot. Jesus is standing, well, whether it's four days, 40 years, 4,000 years, it's an impossible situation. 
And how many want to know that there is a confidence you and I can have because of Jesus. We can stand amidst insurmountable odds. And you and I, if we say yes to this great epic call to fill that bowl as a lifestyle, that harp, that worship, that prayer, that God orientation, that morning, noon, and night, I can't, you can, you will, you have abundant supply. Jesus wants you and I to have the kind of confidence that can say, Dad, I know you always hear me. You, you, you hear me. I have an audience with you. I'm accepted in you. My whole life, even for very food that nourishes my, my life, is to just keep doing what you say. How many want that kind of confidence? Jesus did what he did, especially how he modeled relationship so that you and I would know the way to relate to God the Father in the same way. Is that clear? We're, it's not clear. I mean, it's, that's such a deep, crazy thought that you and I could pursue our whole life with understanding. Jesus showed us how to relate to his Father. Amen. He showed us. He, he didn't just show us now. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to get to him is through me. How many know this isn't just some passage that a pastor preaches at the end of a message so you'll pray a prayer of salvation so that someday you get to the Father? Come on. He is the way, truth, and the life right here, right now to relate to the Father. Right here, right now. Man, that's that's insight. Like, he's the way, truth, and the life. It's great. I want to see the Father someday at the end of the age. Amen. Who wants to see the Father? I want to see the one on the throne. But what a bummer to think, but I don't know how many years I have, probably 60 or 80, I'm just declaring, I'm gonna break some records with a long life. Jesus is like, no, 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 no. I'm going right now, John 14, one through four, to prepare a place for you. I'm not gonna leave you as orphans, I'm gonna come and take you to be with me. Now the disciples, they didn't get, they didn't get evacuated after Jesus ascended. No, he sent the deposit, the seal of what is true in the future right now called the Holy Spirit. So that the Father and the Son, yes, they're our future home, but right now you and I become a residency, a house, a temple for God himself. All right. Oh, this promise of the way, truth, and the life, yes, it has future repercussions, amen, but it has present, it's filled with present promise right now. How is my prayer acceptable? Through Jesus, he's the way, truth, and the life. How do I grow in confidence? Through Jesus, he's the way, the truth, and the life. How can I know that my prayers are heard? Look to Jesus, learn from Jesus, live like he did, especially as how he related to dad, to the father. Oh, that's good preaching. So what does God do with our prayers? This is the last part of the message, and I will have more to say next week about it. What does God do with our prayers? If our prayers in the name of Jesus and the nature and the character con in who Jesus is, our confidence in our prayers are directly tied to who Jesus is and who we are becoming in Jesus. But what does God do with our prayers? I know where they arrive in the Super Bowl. Just kidding. The bull, the golden bull. Come on. Another passage in Revelation shows us what God does with our prayers. Revelation chapter 8, verse 3. The Bible says this, another angel 
who had a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. Come on, someone say the altar. He was given much incense to offer. Come on, how many want to put the angels to work, the elders, the living creatures? These people just don't stop talking to my father. They just, everything in their life, they bring it before him. Man, this incense is heavy. Man, I want to give them work to do. Side note, we don't pray to angels. There's only one mediator, Jesus Christ. We partner with the angels. Amen. Just has to be said, because weird theology. There's one mediator, Jesus Christ. But you and I, we, there's, there's, there's realms that we cannot see with our natural eye that are part of God's good world. Okay. And I'd rather have angels working with me than against me. Amen. Okay. Just had to be said for those who need to hear the truth, which is all of us. The angels had much incense to offer. Man, that's my dream at Cornerstone Church. That morning, noon, and night at the altar of your personal altar of devotion to God and our corporate altar of devotion to God, that when they look down and see this little group of those who are being trained and empowered to become a mighty army of priests and kings who are fit to rule and to reign with Jesus now and on into the age to come, that when they hear, they look down, they're like, gosh, they just won't leave us alone. So much incense, so much prayer, so much praise, so much love-filled, faith-filled obedience. Man, they're living, they're living in their inheritance. And he says this, they had so much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar. Here's what God does with our prayers, ready? Verse four, the smoke of the incense together with the prayers of God's people went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer filled with fire from the altar and he hurled it on the earth and there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning and an earthquake. Three people were excited. So, it's way cooler. God is not up in heaven going, oh, I just, I love these full bowls. I'm super happy those people are finally becoming people of prayer. The only thing the disciples ever were asked Jesus to teach them, they're learning, they're getting better. I'm just going to leave these bowls full. No. Where do your prayers go in the name of Jesus? In the bowl. What, where, what's the point? Of the, what does God do with those prayers? He releases them when they're in agreement with his heart on the earth. So it's like this. God, I'm walking with you. I'm your son or your daughter. I'm walking by faith in Christ. I'm building that personal altar of devotion, worship and the word and prayer and a lifestyle of love and obedience. God, I'm not just doing that in isolation. I'm doing that as a people because God's a God of covenant and community. So I'm building the altar at Cornerstone. Right? Got all these prayers. What do you do with them? Here's what he says. Nope. I'm going to illustrate it, and then I'm going to be done. Here's the illustration. This week, I was in the kitchen. Don't worry. I'll get right there. Here's what it says. This week, I was with my daughter and my son in the kitchen, and it was the co- one of the coolest moments to date of my entire parenting journey by far. And my daughter asked me the super easy question. Dad? Does Jesus need us? <laughs> Phenomenal question. Does he need us? Because this has everything to do with prayer. 
You can have a fatalistic view. He'll do what he wants aside from me or a kingdom gospel, biblical view, I would argue. Everything he does, he wants to partner with me, in me, and through me. Fatalistic, the world's just blah, 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 blah. No use in partnering. It's just going to happen, whatever. Kingdom view, everything God wants to do in his heart in heaven, he wants to do in and through a people on the earth in agreement with heaven. Somewhere in the middle, because he is, he does, he is king. I'm not saying he's like some willy-nilly God who's flaky. And I sure hope my people figure it out. But I'm saying he's a God of covenant who has bound himself to operate in a certain way that always wants to include you and me. God, good right there. That's so good. And here, let me illustrate it. So my daughter, and this is in closing. My daughter said, "Does, does Jesus need us? I thought this could like make or break her whole life, God. <laughs> watch this, watch this. So I look over, the Holy Spirit helped me on the spot. Oh, I need a comforter and a helper. I don't know about you, <sighs> especially in parenting. That's a different topic. And I saw out of the corner of my eye, there was an old gift card from Costco that was sitting right on our kitchen, right by our kitchen sink. And in the moment, I felt like God gave me a living parable to explain it to her. Let's pretend that that is the trash. And I'll do it over here so that the camera can see it. This is what happened in my kitchen that day. I said, honey, I held the old gift card. Do you think daddy, that's how close the trash was in our kitchen. I said, honey, do you think dad needs you to throw that away in there? She's like, daddy, of course not. No, you could walk and throw it away. I said, but sweetheart, because I love you, because God loves us, he chooses to invite us into his purposes, plans for his world, and he hands us the little card, and he says, go throw it away. She threw, her eyes lit up, immediate understanding. Does God need us? Of course, the kitchen, man, it was 12 steps away. It was this close to throw that card away. But I said, honey, because of love, because God chooses to operate in and through relationship, he hands us the card and then he says, let's throw it away together. You see that? And that's the vision we see of Revelation. Does God need our prayers to execute his justice? In the flesh, we say no, but bound through the scriptures, Jesus has bound himself to the partnership of the prayers, the sacrifices, the praises, the love, and the obedience of his people. No, you have to get that. You have to get that. Prayer is not for the other person to your right or your left. It's for you. He wants to partner with you. You. He wants to hand the little card to you. That's right. Does he need you? No, he could easily. I can execute justice, which is the context of the passage. Justice for the martyrs. Justice for those who've lost their life because of their witness to Jesus. But Jesus, because he is love all the way down and all the way around, has chosen to partner with you and me. That's just the way he designed it. Take it up with him. God, where do our prayers go in the Super Bowl? the bowl of incense. What does he do with my prayers? He releases and executes his justice, his kingdom plans and purposes on the earth. Gosh, you're not just praying 
your partnering, through your prayer, through your life that backs up that prayer. I love to say this, go in the direction of your prayers. I'm praying for justice in my family. Well, go after your family with love. You get what I'm saying? Pray and then move in the direction you're praying. He just might use you in partnership to see the answer. He sort of does that a lot. He's sneaky. And my daughter's like, oh, dad, I get it. He doesn't need me. He wants me. He chooses to partner with me because he loves me. So our prayers in the name of Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, the way to the Father is through the Son. There's this bowl, and it's at this altar, and there's this gold. You know what that means? I read a bunch of commentaries. It means that in God's sight, our prayers are invaluable. Gold. <laughs> My little prayers, you better believe it. My silent weeping, for my wayward son or daughter. Yep. My fumbling over my words. I've never prayed public in front of people, but all I have is a Jesus. I love you. Let your kingdom come. Yep, that one too. Amen. Those ones where you don't even have words. It's just a groan. Yep, the Holy Spirit's able to take that groan and make sense of it. Come on. Our praise and our prayer are impacting the heavenly realm and God's kingdom purposes and plans on the earth. He hurls them, Revelation 8, 5 says he, come on, someone say hurl. I mean, Patrick Mahomes can hurl the ball 60 yards. Come on. Come on. Hey, hey. So what does the arm of the father look like in, the, in partnership with the angel when he hurls the answered prayer? You can say, Chad, I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been praying. Well, the Bible, the precedent of the Bible is keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Sure, you can grow bitter. I can grow bitter and start looking in and say, nothing's really changing, God. Remember, when you don't see what's changing around you, maybe it's because he's changing you on the inside and the invisible and the secret. The value of your prayers are as gold to the Lord. Your partnership, you're turning your heart away from self, me, 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 my, 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 to him, 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 his, 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 your glory, power, honor, wealth. Every time we do that, however weak that offering, it's as gold to the Lord. And the use, it's useful in his hands. That's really the whole life of Jesus. The whole life of a disciple is, it's always loaves and fishes, but when it gets in his hands, anything can happen. Anything. Say that with me. When it gets in his hands, anything is possible. My little yes, my little prayer, my little praise, my little hidden sacrifice at work. When I could have cut the corner, but you know what? I'm going to honor God with my work. Come on, when that gossip starts flying, instead of adding to it, I showed it. Every little act, every little sacrifice, it's as gold to the Lord. Every single one is a way you and I get to partner with him in his epic kingdom purposes. Amen. Amen. There's so, we're done. That's to next week. Next week, next week, next week. So in summary, 
And I could have had these on the screen. I don't, I don't, I'm sorry. I definitely could have. I can, I'll give you the notes. Just email me. Where do our prayers go? In the name of Jesus, into that beautiful bowl. Our worship, our prayer, he treasures it. It's like gold to him, right? Then what does God do with my prayer? He's chosen like the little old gift card. He's chosen. He's just chosen because he gets to choose. He's God. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's God. He, I mean, he, who are you that you should counsel him? No, he's God. But that brilliant, infinitely wise God has said, you know what? Everything I want to do on the earth, I've just chosen to do it with my covenant people. People like you and me. Amen. Let's throw it away together. Sure. Let's partner in prayer. Let's partner in worship. Let's partner in every little time you sacrifice Amen. by turning your heart to him to partner. God then can take that prayer or that act of love and sacrifice. He can hurl it on the earth to accomplish his purposes. And I love it that there's an altar involved here. Shameless plug. This altar is not an altar of blood sacrifice because the lamb has been slain once and for all. How many know the blood of Jesus is sufficient? There's, the jury is not out. It has been dismissed on who is fit to cleanse us, wash us, empower us, sanctify us, make us clean, make us holy, make us new. It is done. But there's another altar, this altar. You and I have a place at it, and it's golden. It's beautiful. Amen. We have an altar. We have a place where morning, noon, and night, we can just offer our little yes, our little love, our little prayer, our little sacrifice. And I love that it's an altar because there is a sacrifice. Yes. Probably over the next few weeks, last week I talked about the price and the privilege of prayer, and I said it cost us nothing. On my Monday prayer run, so I usually talk to God about Sunday on Monday, typically, I'm running, and he's like, son, you were right. It did cost them nothing to begin as a person of prayer. And then the Holy Spirit said, but to become a person of prayer is deeply costly. So we're going to talk about that next week. To begin, to have entrance, to have access and acceptance cost him everything. Amen. Say amen. But to become someone who lives that life and lifestyle is costly. Amen. So it's at an altar. Stand on your feet. Let's just stand. Yeah. So good. And again, I just want to pray and ask just for a simple invitation. If you, if you want to grow this week, just as a person of prayer, a person of relationship, can you just lift your hands before the Lord and just say, I can't believe that's where my prayers go when they're in the name of Jesus in, in accordance with his character and his conduct and who he is. That Jesus is the way, the truth, to the Father, the life, the, way, the only way to the Father. Not just someday in the future, but every day right here and right now, he's the way. His life and his teaching, and it's the truth that sets us free, that empowers us. And he's the ultimate expression of life in relationship with God by the Holy Spirit. So, Father, here we are with hands raised, which is a very fitting posture. First Timothy chapter 2 says, lift up holy hands in prayer. So you're obeying the Bible. <laughs> Lord, we want to grow in our confidence in prayer this week. We want, when we just say a little prayer, whether we're driving our kids somewhere, or we're at the boardroom, or we're on the job site, or we're at home, wherever we're doing, I pray that you would remind us this week of that Super Bowl, yes. that bowl of incense, 
that contains the prayers and the harp, the praises and prayers of the people of God. And then I pray, Lord, this week we would see you hurl a little bit more of your kingdom of heaven on earth, God. That you would take our little prayers and you would, we would partner with you to see the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we thank you for this epic journey that we're on together. And I pray that your grace, your truth, your power would just touch every heart in this room. May we grow this week as a people at your altar personally and corporately. In Jesus' name, we all said amen, amen. and amen.